Welcome to the Sailing Into Oblivion podcast. I'm your host, Jerome Rand, and this is where we sit down with everyday people who do extraordinary things. Hello, everybody. This is Jerome. Uh, Welcome to the show. It has been quite a few days since I put out a podcast. Uh, I actually recorded this one, uh, this conversation with Jade, back on Thursday of last week, but... uh, was sort of coming down with a, a little little something, um, basically the flu or whatever. And uh, my my sickness cycle has always been about once every five years to uh, get hit and get hit hard. Um, and that's exactly what happened. And so essentially right after finished this podcast, uh, I went to bed and uh, have been shivering myself back to health and now it is uh monday tomorrow back into work it's been a long weekend but i am feeling a bit better and uh gotta have the game face on because we are we have another big week of hard charging pulling all these boats out of the water as the temperature gets really cold and the rains start coming more often so Lots of work to do now that I wasn't able to get much done at all this weekend, and uh, that sort of compiles things. I think sometimes I just run myself so ragged uh, trying to do so many things that uh, I just, the body eventually says, you know what, it's time for you to take a break, and I don't care what uh, you say about it. So in any event, uh, Jade and, and Ben sailed in here. Over a month ago, and they pulled their mast out, completely refinished, redid the whole thing. It's beautiful. Uh, I've been out on their their boat. It's absolutely stunning. All this just custom interior, everything, and really just the nicest people. But come to find out they've done some serious sailing, and uh, even more so, they met in the South Pacific in this really really interesting, really romantic way and stuff. And uh, Jade and I just sit down, and we just sort of bounce all over the place but hopefully you guys enjoy the podcast and as per usual if you want to support the show you can click the description in the link and uh, head over to patreon and big thanks to all the people who already do that and then if you just want to reach out to the show with an email head over to sailingintooblivion.com click the podcast uh, button and you can email me directly so without further ado here's my conversation with jade Jade, welcome to uh, the podcast. Thank Thanks. you so much for coming. Thanks for having me. What do you think of of the old Mighty Sparrow? I think she's great. She's more spacious than I would have thought. Would you be able to be on here with two people? Yes. Really? Yeah. Really? Yes. I find it a little difficult. Well, I mean, you don't have the aft. Oh, like the estate room, to. so to speak? Yes. Yeah. Not even a quarter berth. <laughs> no, I have seen there was one. But you do have that separation there in the V birth of the small other birth. Well, and there was, I, I actually saw on a, a YouTube channel recently, they had partitioned this off. So there was a door here and everything forward was considered the captain's quarters. And so the, the head didn't have a door on it. It was situated differently and there was no, it was sort of like that was a whole big room in there. West sailors are uh, uh, strange folk. We're 
we're yeah. sort of uh, worshippers of these boats, and we like to twing and tune and do all these weird customizations and stuff. Yeah. I don't know how for how long though. I'd have to think about it. But yeah, it's. I mean, I've I've only had I've had people on board for two passages that were about two weeks, mm-hmm. and that was fine because it's a passage and and all that. But actually cruising around and trying to live the sort of cruiser lifestyle. Mm-hmm. I've only done that for like a long weekend with another person and it's it's a little hard. Yeah, I can see that. But who knows? Can you uh give us a little description of your your vessel that you're on? Um, Nothing too crazy, but it is a beautiful beautiful boat. Thank you. Um it's a Navy 44. So it's a 40-foot monohull cutter rigged optionally. Um what else do you want to know? Uh is it it's fiberglass, isn't it? Yeah, or yeah. steel? Okay, yep. it's fiberglass. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, it's 88 from 1988. 1988. Mm-hmm. And it's a beast. It's beautiful. You guys have done a ton of work on it. We have, yeah. Yeah. Well, and it originally was built as like a training vessel mm-hmm. for... Yeah. For the um, U.S. Naval Academy down in Annapolis. And how did you guys find it? Just online. Just random? Yeah. Yacht mm-hmm. World or whatever it is? I don't even know. Ben found it. Oh, he did. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And it, was it like 100% ready to go at that point, or um, did it need a lot? Six months full time in the boatyard, um, getting it ready to just go in the water, which mainly we focus on the exterior. Yeah. Um, but I'm sure it could have gone in fine and sailed it down to Florida or wherever. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, Pretty much ready. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's a strong hull, and that's why we 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 bought her. Well, and now it's got a very strong mast. It does. <laughs> that was pretty exciting. Uh, for the listeners, this morning we put the the brand new, or I shouldn't say the brand new, but the mast that you guys have been working on for weeks now, which <laughs> looks brand new, by the way. Uh-huh. It was actually pretty um, nerve-wracking for me because I really wanted to make sure we didn't screw up in any way, shape, or form. Well, it happens, you know. It does happen, but we yeah. didn't want it to happen yeah. with that. Because, you know, when you have that brand spanking new paint it's job. It's almost better if it just gets a little bit damaged straight away. So you can be like, oh, okay. Right, right. No, I, <laughs> I, I've i always yeah. uh, liked that that sort of way. Because then, yeah, you can just forget about it. It's not pristine and you don't mm-hmm. have to worry. But it seems like we did a pretty good job today. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and it was, was nice great. having all the extra little towels and all the the pieces of foam, everything to support it all out. Yeah, well, that was instigated by you to ensure that you know everything went smoothly. So. Well, and I made sure that I, I gave the the guys a good talking <laughs> to, a little serious discussion. You know, normally how'd they, how'd we're they all. Take that. Uh, you know, they gave me a bunch of guff, yep, but I yep. think they understood. There was a tone and a look in my eye of like, <laughs> all right, guys, no messing around. Like, cause I, partly for me it was because. You guys could you could see how much you guys had worked on that and put time into it. But it, it, yeah, I mean, there's that. But then it's it's just boats, like you know, a month on a mast, really. Yeah, <laughs> but I, you know, it's going to be perfect for the next. I mean, Ben yeah. said it best. He was like, "Yeah, you do this now, and I mean, then that's for the, ten that years." That is the last project, like no, you know, thought of known project. We've had the boat for five years now, so mm-hmm. it's like, okay, this is the last thing. It's always been on the list, and so we're doing it. And we're the last it. major one. Yeah. I yeah. Mean, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a boat. Yeah. There's always going to be more. Oh, absolutely, but that we've known about, and you know, 
saved for and all that. Well, and is it all tuned up and everything, or are they coming to tune it? Um, I mean, Ben tuned it to where he thinks, but I think we might have um, Jay come out and we'll go for sale on Tuesday, I think. Oh, okay, okay. Very cool. Yeah. Well, because your rigging is different than Sparrow in that it's rod rigging, mm-hmm. so it's like these stainless steel rods. Yeah. They're a little bit different. I, I don't have much experience on those, uh, but I assume it's got to be pretty much the same. Tension yeah. it up just right, and then you're good to go. Yeah. The only thing I've always heard about, though, with stainless or with the rod is that it's a little harder to uh, anticipate breakages. Mm-hmm. Like and with... that's a big reason why we did um, change the rigging. Oh, we didn't you just, actually yeah. have any history on it, which you think would be the complete opposite of being a. Uh, oh, like naval... a naval boat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Usually they're you know documented to the nines, but I don't I don't know if we just didn't pursue it or try hard enough. We just couldn't find any information. Oh well, I would think that a sailboat to like a navy I mean, thing it, would it, be it was like, like a toy. Kind yeah, of thing. I mean, like... we understand that it was worked. 250 days a year for like going you know sailing hard so yeah yeah we took that with it and well and and for people sort of learning how to sail too so taking yeah. a real beating <laughs> yeah exactly. well that's cool so now you guys yeah. have have everything all set up yeah, and we're almost free it feels good i know yeah. and and we're in maine yeah. okay so that's now well, yeah, but it, the the winter is coming. The gales, the the autumnal gales, are going to be ripping off at of Cape Hatteras pretty soon. So, what's your game plan to get out? Because I'm trying to come up with mine, and I'm interested to hear exactly what you guys are thinking. Um, well, from here, I think we're not too fussed. I mean, I would like to spend more time in um around Buzzards Bay, but I think the priority there will just be getting a good weather window in a month's time, or or whatever, or even just we haven't really started thinking about it so. right but, but um we'll probably um go down the coast go through the canal um and leave either from um, newport or new york so that's cape cod canal yeah and that's um correct and that's we'll go offshore to bermuda then to the caribbean then down yeah. okay yeah. You know, yeah. yeah and and you've never been to bermuda have nope. you lovely northern caribbean so this is all new territory for us it's gonna be pretty fun i you know when i talked to ben first he he was sort of like "Eh," you know and i kind of thought to myself well if it's ever been there it's actually pretty fun but he must have been down the caribbean right no no i mean i think when he was younger just right 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 okay um nope he even, you know, a few months ago, I'm, I'm like, let's go to New England as our, you know, we'll get some more projects done and we'll just kind of chill out, use the boat and just kind of finish up stuff. He's kind of like, eh, but he's um, pretty stoked with coming up here and, and just the beauty and everything and the sailing. So, well, and he's I'm like, got, I think Maine is actually pretty nice. It like, is. You know, from here, thinking about um, people talking about it and seeing pictures. So, well, I mean, and and from what I understand, because I've never been able to cruise any of it, mm-hmm. uh, Penobscot Bay is supposed to be like where we are right here. All this area around us, the islands yeah. and all that, is just phenomenal for just cruising around it and is. spending the summer. Yeah, it's great. And you, but you guys, did you explore any up here before you pulled in and pulled your mast? Um, let me think about this. Yes. Yeah, because I'm trying to. I'm we trying to. Spent from like southern Maine, from Portland to coming here doing the bottom job, uh-huh. um, was probably like two or three weeks as you know, just cruising. Okay, down. so you guys hauled out. I don't know. 
and did the uh, okay because yeah. you're yeah we're trying to trying to figure it out i'm thinking my listeners yeah. must think like uh but it's been a long day so yeah so we basically we got to maine and we knew we had these projects a um one being the mast and two being the, um, the bottom job and um so um we got hold of nights and um well actually what instigated it was that um we hit a rock so we're like oh well oh. let's just do the bottom job now right 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 <laughs> And just be able As to check to it all. A couple of weeks later, or whatever. And that, it's kind of that... good that the the two mast and the bottom job was was uh, two different times, just because it would have been quite a lot. Oh heck yeah, yeah. it would have been a, a really yeah. big like. I and sometimes that happens to me. I I sort of fight with that on boats where you let the list of projects grow too yeah. too large and try and tackle them all at once, and it has to be done like one thing at a time, but. We all have to bear our cross. <laughs> but so, okay, I'm trying to remember. So you guys come in here, you do that. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people actually come up here with that same problem where they've hit some rock because Maine is a pretty rocky sort of area. Um, and I don't know why I, because it seems like with all the technology we have, yeah, but I don't know. We randomly were, we they in, just jump out. We were in Seal Bay in um, Vinyl Haven. Mm. Um, it was it was low tide, so um, we were just looking for a spot. It was at thirteen, like where we hit was at thirteen. Oh, really? So I don't know. Just what does the boat draw? Seven three. Seven three. Yeah, There's deep. your problem right there. It's too big of a keel. It goes way too far down. I'm That's like right. five feet, maybe. Yeah. Probably like four foot. No, 10. she's deep, and but it's good to be humbled a bit. So. Well, that, yes, that, that actually, uh, I think helps in life in general yep. to get sort of knocked down a, a peg or two yep. back to reality. Mm -hmm. I, I definitely got that when the bowsprit broke, uh, or almost broke because it sort of made me realize how much effort it really takes to put into a boat before you want to set off to do like a big epic trip or even just an ocean yeah. crossing, you know? Yeah. Well, for us, or for me personally, I think we just need to go like live the the that life that we've been you know working towards mm -hmm. so that we can be sort of like less uptight about like getting everything perfect and just freaking go <laughs> damage things and yeah, just enjoy yeah. not spend money just... well and you do i mean you get you always have to expect that with the boat you're going to get that wear and tear mm -hmm. from general oh, use yeah. mm -hmm. and that i have always but thought you start you know we've had the boat five years and then you start looking at the first projects you did <laughs> yeah yeah right well but there's i've always figured there's there's two ways to to sort of approach that issue of of general wear and tear one is that you maintain it so the boat is safe and functional two is to go like crazy and just always be doing every little touch up repainting revarnishing constantly so that you're your life sort of revolves around trying to keep your boat at this this really high-end level. Mm -hmm. And sort of like you're saying, you're, you're never finished with the project, so yeah. you're never enjoying what's going yeah. on around you. And, and you might be able to tell that it's a little bit, we're a little bit in that ballpark of getting everything nice. Yeah, well, but I, you know, when, when you guys had me out on the boat, which thank you again, which it was wonderful, uh, boat looks great. I mean, absolutely great. Put me to shame. I, you know, when I go on somebody's boat and it's as clean and as nice down below, I usually come back and I start cleaning my boat. <laughs> it's a little hard here just because it's the boatyard and it's constantly dirty. Yeah. But 
I used to every Friday take about an hour and pressure wash and stuff up top mm-hmm. and then clean down below. Pressure wash. That's impressive. Well, I have just one of those little electric oh, yeah, yeah. ones, not really strong, mm-hmm. uh, but it works really good for the, the non-skid. But it was like my little ritual and it was fun and stuff, but, you know, week after week after week and the amount of dust and dirt that's down here, it's kind of like, I just want to wait until I'm out of the yard. Yeah. That makes sense. I'm lazy though, so. When it comes to certain things. That's fine. Yeah. I like to go off into the weeds on this podcast. I don't know if you realize oh, that. <laughs> like I um, said, I want to like point at things and stuff. But <laughs> Yeah, well, and, and always, you know, feel free. You can ask me any questions about any of the stuff I've done. But, ow, I have a listener who long ago emailed me about uh, romance at sea. The idea of setting sail... And finding the love of your life out on the ocean. So I see you smiling because you know what I'm already like fishing for here. But do you think you could give us just a small anecdote or story about you and Ben meeting in the far-flung tropical paradise of Tonga? (laughs) Well, what brought to mind when you were saying that is that, you know, when you meet... Um, someone and you sail off into the sunset. Well, I give Ben shit because we never like go on date, you know, do anything like normal like that. Right. He's like, what? From day one, I've been taking you off into sailing into the sunsets, which is very true. The so ultimate it's just romance. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm giving him shit for this other thing. <laughs> but um, no, we met in um Tongatapu in Tonga, the kingdom of Tonga. It's kind of by Fiji, Samoa, um, in 2013, and pretty much. From then, we were have been living in like close quarters. We were in a quarter berth for about three months, and on a different kinda, boat. On a different boat, yeah. yes. So at that, when I met him, he was in transition from um, giving his friend his boat that they split. And he had come from the um, east, San Diego. Yeah. Heading west, and you had come from New Zealand. New Zealand, yeah, where you live, where you're flying. from. I didn't, you know, people think, oh, you must be a sailor and whatnot, but no, I hadn't really sailed. You at flew all, over so. there, yeah. Well, New, yeah. I mean, I would associate that with somebody on the east coast, you know, flying down to the Caribbean. Tonga is okay. pretty close to New Zealand, isn't it? Yeah. Within like three hour flight, I don't know. I yeah. Remember. There you go, piece yeah. of cake. So let's get into some details. You know, okay, this this is the way I picture it. All right, I won't go through all that. But let's just say, yeah, have you seen that movie Adrift? The like five year old one, four year old. I think it's yeah. like four or five years old. So it's the reenactment. And he goes, he goes missing or goes overboard. Uh, yeah, he goes yeah. missing, but not that part. Just okay. the meat, the meat cute of <laughs> oh, what okay. went on. So uh-huh. you know, the lone sailor pulls in, you know, on his his may the boat he made himself, and there's the cute Whoa. little. <laughs> girl who's there and and she's uh just sort of backpacking around the world so to speak and uh and they meet and they fall in love and then they start sailing i mean it was kind of like that yeah it was yeah so uh-huh. you lived the dream a of a drift bit, yeah. without for, for a few months <laughs> yeah for a few months that the honeymoon stage <laughs> yeah. and you guys have been together for since 13 so what's that nine years and you're married now yes holy smokes so for my listeners out there the dream is a hundred percent true. Yeah. You just get a set sail, have that boat. Yeah. And on that note, um, when we hopped to this other, well, when Ben was organizing to help 
someone who met um, sail his boat from Tonga, Fiji to New Zealand because mm-hmm. um, his crew was leaving. That's where I jumped on. But he also had, Ben had another friend coming from Alaska, which is where he's from, to meet. And so potentially all four of us were going to go sailing. And um, oh. Jacques, our friend who had the boat and went around the world, um, um, he didn't have crew and obviously needed us, um, but he didn't know if he would take on a fourth crew member or not. But um, what was funny is that um, Ben and I got together and Ben's friend Jess and Jacques got together. And so we had like this two months of like, we t- called it like a video clip of like, the ridiculousness of sailing and like music and like oh i'm just, sure yeah, yeah. Like skinny dipping and like he had just come <laughs> he had just um sailed over from american samoa so we had like all this like booze oh and right whatnot. but then we couldn't take it into fiji we could only take like i don't know four bottles i don't know i don't remember what it was oh but, really yeah, oh, so yeah, yeah we like had to drink it all and all that so you know it was a pretty what i like to call them you know, like a rap video type of yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> well, like, we got to just party hard. Yeah. And and everybody sort of just knew. You know, when you, you meet people, the beginning part of any friendship yeah. or relationship, the first few months are always like, yeah, yeah this yeah. is great. Before things get, you know, a little like, oh, <laughs> chews with his mouth open all the time. It's disgusting. <laughs> But sorry to say that the the other couple did not last. So oh, they didn't. Yeah. But you guys did, and now you're on your own. I I just I don't know. I think that's pretty cool because it's 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 highly unusual, but it's also it's one of those things that you'd see it in movie plots and stuff. I mean, it really is. You should you could like wear that as a badge. You should probably have a tattoo like we met on a tropical well, island. Well, when you know. People ask us how we, you know, how we met. We're like, oh, here we go, because it's, you know, can be quite a long story. So yeah, it's but it's a funny. good one though. Yeah, it's yeah. you know, mm-hmm. it's pretty like we were both working the mail room at. Yeah. At. Uh, we actually know. met like we actually met because I was actually taking tourists swimming with humpback whales, which is amazing. Oh, and you were working there. Yeah. yeah oh, yeah. oh so it is diving. just like a dream. Yeah, a little oh bit. Gosh. Ben always gives me shit because I never took him swimming with the humpbacks. Oh, well. Yeah. I'd be a little bit. <laughs> I'd be holding that one. But he had, um, so I'd met these um, these girls from Australia. They were doing their, you know, five-week doctor, whatever they do for a medical school. Um, and so I'd met them. They'd come on a tour with me. And um, then I met them in, in a cafe. I was there for a couple of months, mm-hmm. so just a season. And um, they're like, "Oh, we met this Alaskan. He's gonna, he might take us to Hapai, then another island group, which is like a two-day, three-day sail." And I was like, "Oh, he's like, yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna go and uh, um, have dinner with him." I was like, "Oh, can I come?" Just because I was, I was bored. Yeah. And then I went, and yeah. That's how we met on the street, and then. And what what did when when you walked up and saw Ben for the first time? <laughs> tell us that. I'm trying to get every detail as I can because I, I can only imagine Ben listening to this. <laughs> I don't remember. I don't remember. But after the the evening, we he I was in a little flat um in the in the area, and he was across in the industrial boatyard with his boat. Mm-hmm. It's not very touristy for boat boats don't really go there, so he was just kind of having a break from oh okay from the tourist the the cruising world I suppose yeah and um we ended up just hanging out for a couple hours like in the gutter you know with his boat right there and 
my apartment, the flat or apartment yeah. right there just talking. And we just, it was so easy. Yeah. yeah. I, well, and that's, you know, I, I've always thought that when you least expect it and then it's just, you, you meet people and it's all about, you just can't like stop talking and sharing and yeah, it was a little bit going like that. back and yeah. forth and back and forth. And it, it has nothing to do with going on what's going on around you. It's just yeah. this connection that two yeah. people all of a sudden have. And... and then five days later, we were getting ice cream and two different types of ice cream flavors. We both had the same. So there, oh. there you have it. <laughs> it was uh, chocolate and mint chocolate chip. Oh, look at you. Oh, boy. Well, I think that is, that's very, very nice. Uh, you know, as a solo sailor, not stopping in places that limits my abilities to uh, sort of wind up in that situation. But I can imagine it. And that's amazing. Thank you for sharing that. I know that's kind of a, a more intimate detail than a normal sailing podcast might get into, but... That's okay. That's so cool. It really is cool. And then, so you guys like meet, and then all of a sudden, you you guys are basically hopping boat to boat, and there's all this sort of stuff, but you end up going from Tonga um, back to New Zealand, where you're from. Mm-hmm. And where where were you born in New Zealand? Lower Hutt, Wellington. In Wellington. Oh, yes. that's right. The capital. Mm-hmm. And I told you, I, I lived there for a while. Yes, Queenstown, right? Queenstown, yeah, party cool. central. Yeah, before we flew to Australia, Ben and I were going to get a job in Queenstown, just, you know, on the ski field or whatnot. Oh, nice, but nice. When I was I worked... telling you before about when we flew to Brisbane. Yeah, yeah, anyway. yeah. I worked in a uh, seafood restaurant Okay. as a dishwasher. Mm. Quickly rising up the ranks to, uh, well, dishwasher plus... Uh, cooking like French fries, and then also that's just getting more for your buck from the restaurant. I doing the desserts, <laughs> and it was you know it was something. They they were sad to see me go. Yeah, let's just say you that. In like the mountains? Uh not in the mountains. I was in like we we a, f- a friend of mine and I we rented this little cottage. She worked at a restaurant as well, and I worked at a different one. And she ended up working on you know they have uh, there's like an old America's Cup boat. What's that lake right there? The big one. Oh, I can't remember. I can't remember either. But they have an America's Cup boat where they chopped like a third of the mast off to make okay. it safe and cruise around on that. And she was working as a crew on that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was the biggest drama that was going on in Queenstown at the time. And this would have been 2004 or five. Yep. Was they were thinking about cutting off the 24-hour open liquor license thing. Because bars down there could stay open 24 hours. And there was drama because they were like, you know, Queenstown has got this bad reputation. They're just drunks and they're idiots. Well, I and didn't know that. They were, the what? I didn't know that. Yeah, well, and they, they wanted to make it so all bars had to shut at like 2 in the morning. And everybody's like, well, okay, so you want to release all the drunk people into the streets at the exact same time? And I don't think they ever passed it. I think they were smart, which... I don't find the governments to ever really be that that smart yeah. with many of their decisions, but <laughs> that was a good one. They were sort of like, yeah, it does make sense, you know. If if it's always open, then people can trickle out and because I I think when when it comes to like alcohol and people, the less compact groups are tends to uh, I think make it a, a little less likely for bad things to happen. Yeah, well, maybe not so much in New Zealand. Or Hang around potential, you know, ne'er do wells <laughs> up to no good. 
steely-eyed glances all over the place. Yeah, right. (laughs) (laughs) But it was fun. I I must say New Zealand is probably one of the most beautiful countries on this planet. Wow. It is striking. You must have seen the whole thing, right? Obviously. Traveled all over it. Yeah, a little bit. Yep, I've done a bit. What's your favorite part? What do you think is the oh, most gosh. beautiful part of New Zealand? I, hmm. Well, I when I think of my favorite in New Zealand, I think of memories as opposed to what's most beautiful. But, um, oh, I can't think. I mean, I love Nelson, and then you've got the Southern Alps. Um, the Remarkables, right? Mm-hmm. That's the same part thing. Of it, yeah. yeah. If you haven't seen those, uh, you might have seen them in the Lord of the Rings movies, because that's pretty much all the mountains that they do. Except, well, Mount Doom is Mount Narahoe, which is near Taupo. Mm-hmm. Right? Taupo? Yeah? You I don't think it's you near You could say Taupo. 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 <laughs> okay. <laughs> Me- My mom says Taupo. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> um, shoot, what was I going to say? Well, anyway. Um, but after I'd met Ben and on that night, that first night in the gutter when yeah. we were talking, um, I'd said to him that I'd wanted to, when I got home, I was going to buy a van and tour around the South Island. A, because, you know, when I finished university and whatnot, I was thinking, oh, I'm just going to go to Europe and go do the OE, which is called overseas experience. Mm-hmm. And it's just kind of ingrained that you're going to go off and do something, yeah. work in a pub, whatever. That used know. to be a big staple yeah. in the States. Go backpacking okay. Europe for yeah. the summer. Yeah, back in yeah. like the 80s. And then I 90s. think straight after university, I got a job in the country. I was like, oh, okay. Well, let me see. Like People keep going on about New Zealand. So my goal then was to get a little van and tour around. So uh, when I did get back to New Zealand... Um, well, I, when I met Ben, I'd asked him that, and I was like, you want to you want to join? And, and we did, and we did two months, and we lived out of it, and it was mm-hmm. great. So, ah, yeah. so cool. Yeah. And that gave him a nice little break from being on boats, probably. Must yeah. enjoy oh, yeah. that. Yeah, and you've got to kind of see New Zealand by land. I mean, you can, there's a lot of sailing. Oh, definitely. But you have to. Yeah. Well, you can but... be, I, I describe it, like people ask me about it. I'm like, well, the beauty in New Zealand is it's so close together. You've got so, so much diversity in such a small area. You could be, you know hiking you know in the mountains well then two hours drive you could be like surfing with penguins yeah well i that (laughs) that was how i always described it too you could essentially if you had a fast enough car you could go climb a glacier chill out on a beach see a rainforest and then you know go skiing all in one day people seem to really love it because they actually take the time to when they fly there, it's so far away that they mm-hmm. actually take the time to not just spend two weeks. They do go for like six weeks. Oh, you so, have yeah. to, I yeah. think. Yeah, no, absolutely. But they actually do it there. The so. first time I went was only for a month and it went by like lightning. Yeah. And yeah. and I felt like the next time, I think we were there nine months, but three of that was spent just touring around. And mm-hmm. that was enough to see. I mean, we basically saw everything all the way yeah. down to Stewart Island. We spent 10 days down there. Cool. So I would love to go there. It's a neat, yeah. neat place. Very prehistoric. The just the giant ferns mm-hmm. and the bogs. It's really windy though. But that's that's thing. You know, you say that New Zealand's really a great country if to see. It wasn't windy. Everyone would be there. Well, <laughs> that's the thing. I mean, it literally, it's deep in the Southern Ocean. Um, you know, Stewart Island sits at I think like forty-eight degrees south latitude. So it's it's yeah, getting. Right up next to the Furious 50s, and the weather down there is gnarly. 
Yeah. So sailing around sort of the South Island, the North Island's really the more popular cruising ground, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. The Bay of Islands yep. and all that. Mm-hmm. It is a pretty cool place. I, I, being able to see the snares and see sort of the outline of Stewart Island when I sailed past mm-hmm. was definitely a highlight of that trip for sure. Cool. The snares were gnarly looking, like yeah. kind of like uh, out of that movie King Kong. We get through the fog and it's just rocks and no people and all that. I did actually get to spend a few, well, in the Auckland Islands. Um, I actually worked as like an observer on fishing boats. Oh, really? Go off and we we would hide in the Auckland Islands um, when the weather was bad. So that's another like 60 miles south of the snares, I think. Is it? Yeah, it's. Deep, deep down. Yeah, no, there. it's deep. I was thinking deeper, but I can't think. I think right that's now. that's well into the fifty. And then if you yeah. go deeper than that, it's Campbell Island because it's all on the Campbell Plateau mm-hmm. down there. Yeah. Uh, I only know that because I've stared at it for so long when I was trying to sail. You know, you can imagine me sitting down here with that chart for two months, sitting on the table, slowly making my little one inch. Daily runs, you know. <laughs> oh, man. Well, and Auckland Island. So one of the cool things I always thought was back in the day of all the um, the clipper ships and stuff, they'd load up all their stuff in the East Indies and everything, and then they'd drop down underneath New Zealand, and they were essentially trying to shoot between the snares and Auckland Island, and that was their gateway to the open Pacific for Cape Horn and they're essentially mm-hmm. racing because the first person got back at a better price on all the goods that they had yeah. and all that. Um, so there's this sort of history of the great age of sail down there. And there's, there's some stories of some horrible wrecks on Auckland Island yeah. and stuff. Um, God, I could go into them and into them, but the short one, there was this boat, all these people came from Australia. They were going back to, I believe the States or, or England with all the gold that they had mined and uh, they got becalmed right next to Auckland Island. Ended up, the swell sort of carried them in to this sort of big overhang, almost like a cave. It was a tall ship. I mean, this thing's huge. And as they, they can't get away, and they were going to launch the boats to, like, row the boat away from the, the rock walls. It was all too late, and the swell was big enough. Eventually, it picked the boat up, and the mass hit the top of the rocks, splintered the whole thing sinks and only i don't know how many of them survived but they were able to go around and they lived on a beach on the other side of auckland Island. this all happened probably in the 1800s but well unbelievable yeah i want to go diving try and find some of that gold <laughs> <laughs> okay so yeah we're already god time's already just eating how long away is your podcast well it can be uh as long as i want really uh-huh. but i also uh I know that my brain will start to fail pretty quickly. I mean, it already probably has. <laughs> it's been a long, long couple of days. Uh, thank. I'm so glad tomorrow's Friday. But I really, I mean, the the amount of, uh, and I'll do like a little intro for this podcast that gives some uh, credentials mm-hmm. uh, so people know what they're getting into. Um, but your trip across the Indian Ocean is just I, it, it's amazing. I mean, you you guys have done some some real deal, serious ocean crossing sailing in far off remote places and and stopped in islands that I've only dreamt about and read about. Um, 
was that, I mean, that whole experience crossing from Australia to South Africa, how, how long were you guys out there? I think it was, it was short, maybe like two months two and a half months you gotta kind of get across quick so because there's only a little window Mm -hmm. because they they have the monsoon season yeah and it does get pretty crazy even even up there because you're just north of the equator when you're stopping in there's christmas islands the first one right you come Mm -hmm. to and then it's cocos and keeling island Mm -hmm. and then then there's other islands and then there's the big like Diego Garcia, Diego Garcia and Ramirez Island and all that before you get to Madagascar and then Africa proper. Yeah, we pretty much stayed like south. I mean, we didn't go to Madagascar or Seychelles or anything. Yeah, how come you didn't go to Madagascar? Um, timing. Yeah, I mean, yeah. This, Just had to yeah. get out of there. Our friend was doing a circumnavigation and kind of did it pretty fast. Well, not like you, but like you know, he did, it took three years, two and a half. I don't know, but. You got to kind of keep moving. So. Well, that is, you know, that's one of those things you have to stay with the seasons. And, and I mean, I don't know what the, I can't remember what the storm season is in the Indian ocean. I had to pass right through it cause I got clipped by a cyclone. Um, but the Southern oceans, you know, the Southern ocean. Uh, so I want to say that was, that would have been December. I think their storm season is like December to March. Maybe? Yeah. I think we were, uh, September, October. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I could be wrong, but yeah. Did you have any uh, pretty bad weather as you made your way down to uh, Cape Town? Um, not particularly. I would say just wind all the time and big seas. Yeah, well, yeah. the Agolus, or not the Agolus, but yeah, it's the Agolus mm-hmm. current. Yeah. yeah. Oh, we did have to watch, you know, when that's when we got to South Africa, Richards Bay, then we kind of came into the Agolus current. Yeah, now were, were you primarily doing sort of overnight hops or a couple of nights? A- a night or two. I'm just trying to think. I can't remember. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I, I don't mean to be pressing no, you, okay. but it really is. I, I, I would love to eventually one day be able yeah. to do something like this. Yeah. Reunion uh, was our favorite. Oh, really? Island. Yeah, going. We went like four day hike, I think, inside interior, and they've got the like the kind of the colder the volcano thing. You kind of hike, you like hike up to the, or drive up to the rim, and then you hike down into it. Ooh. Yeah, it's cool. It's and is impressive. that French owned? Yeah. Oh, okay. So checking in and out pretty easy peasy. Not too bad. I think so. Gosh, I can't remember. Hmm. And you were there for just a little few days and then probably busted like right out. at least a week there. But yeah, we had to kind of keep moving. And that's all is that atolls like reminiscent of maybe Tahiti and, and all that? Is Tonga atolls? Or is it little islands? Um, <laughs> Boy, I got a lot of questions. <laughs> you do. I'm sorry. I just I'm fascinated by. It. I really am. And, well, I like uh, the Tonga. They have that big trench going from New Zealand to the Tonga Trench. Yeah. yeah, I like that. I got like little snakes that go like you know that go through the trench as well as the whales. Oh really? Yeah. Well, I didn't know that. I wonder if that's where the giant squid are too. I bet. Yeah. Probably. There's a lot of stuff down there that we have no idea about. <laughs> Have you you ever seen anything weird down out out at sea where you're just like what I don't even know what the heck that was? Um, well, with my job, I was a fishery observer, so I'd go out on fishing boats for like a month or two at a time, mm. and then that would be deep sea trawling mostly. So I'd pull up a bunch of stuff. So that that's where I kind of saw some cool things, specimens and whatnot. Yeah, did you ever see any uh, orange roughy? 
You remember no. those fish? Yeah. Yeah. I think I like orange Ruffy, but they closed that. I think it's reopened, but yeah. Well, it was. I mean, it's kind of a sad story yeah. about it, but it's. Uh, you probably actually know more about it than I do, didn't it? It was. It, it brings childhood memories. Like I'm, I think I ate it, but then I, but then I know it closed down, so I don't know. Yeah. Well, essentially, they they discovered these deep sea sort of fish uh, around New Zealand called orange Ruffy, mm-hmm. and I don't know when this was. I think it was like in the 90s. Oh, yeah. It was very recent, and so. They were really good, and so they caught them, and they mm-hmm. caught as many of them as they could, not knowing that each one of those fish they were catching were like a hundred years old. Yeah, and yeah. so the stockpile just yeah. depleted uh, down to nothing. So there was like this little chunk in human history where orange ruffy were like everywhere, and they were delicious fish. And yeah, they must have closed it down because there probably were barely any left. But it'd be interesting to find out if they've uh, sort of come back at all. Hmm. I'll have to Google that later. One day when this popular this podcast is really popular, I'll have like a person who does that. Yeah, there we go. It'll be pretty cool. <laughs> I'll be I'll be very excited. Um gosh, where were we? Oh yeah. Uh immediately when I said Christmas Island, you said the crabs. Yes. Do oh, explain. Okay. Well, A, they have the coconut crabs, the big giant ones. Oh, with the giant yeah. they're Real asymmetrical looking, like yeah, they're not like giant, like land crabs. Yeah. And um, what's cool about Chris, uh, Christmas Island is that they're so protected there that there's a you know it's a little kind of little island, little hick town, whatever. And yeah. They have like a blackboard, and there's like they tally the coconut crabs that are killed by road. On, like, oh like really? Twenty six this month, like they. Oh geez. And so on the road, like the tarmac, they like draw a circle around with the death of the. Oh no. <laughs> and then you've got all the other crabs. I don't know what the crab is. The whole like the small ones that descend upon. The oh, land. those little red and they ones. They have like the you know they build the bridges above the road so that they kind of climb up and so they don't go onto the road. Those that are... David Attenborough. Yeah, I've seen footage yeah. of that. So we weren't there for that season, but that would be cool. That would be pretty neat. Yeah. I well actually you know when I see like even that like crabs or let's say like ants. I see them in in the millions. Creeps me out. I'm not gonna yeah, lie. No, I'm kind of like, ah. Yeah, I can see that. Well, what if for whatever reason you gotta have something... gum boots on? I think. Oh yeah, Are you kidding me? <laughs> I there so in the in the British Virgin Islands, there's a lot of salt flat areas where it's sort of like a lagoon. A long time ago, got landlocked, and now it's sort of brackish water. Anyway, when they dry out. You get all these little crabs, and they're only about an inch long or half an inch, mm-hmm. centimeter, let's say, for those of us in the New Zealand area. Uh, there's a lot of Kiwis that listen to this podcast, oh, by the cool. way. Yeah, they work at a company uh, that Sorry my... about my bad facts. Oh, geez, <laughs> yeah. The, the guy's out at Sky. My older brother works out at this company in uh, New Mexico, and oh, uh, yeah, they build saying. the airships. Yeah. It's awesome. But... There's a lot of kiwis out there. So, in any event, uh, shout out to them. There's these little crabs, and you can go out there, and there's millions of them. And they're all scooting around. They have one little white claw, and then, like, miniature nothing claw. So, they kind of look weird. Yeah. But if you walk out into this thing, they part. Like, the sea is parting. And then, all of a sudden, you kind of look around, and you're surrounded, and they're all around. And they come right in. They Mm -hmm. can't really bite you, per se, but... There's there's just this instinctual 
And maybe it's just from horror movies that you see when you're a kid of like all the ants or something coming in and it just devours you. But, Mm -hmm. you know, I like to keep the numbers even. I like to have an even fight on my hands. Okay. Something you didn't know about me. There we go. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Um, Keeling and Cocos Island. Gorgeous. Yes. Yes. Stunning. Cocos Keeling. Um, Direction Island. Oh, God. Don't quote me on that. That one was really nice. Yeah. Like ridiculous. Yeah. The blues really blue. And it's just beach, (laughs) beach, 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 right? Isn't it? It's Because there's... This one I don't know the history fully on, and I can't remember if it it is those, but... They don't have coconut crabs because they ate them all. Yeah, right? Oh, I don't doubt that. Well, and that's that's something that these little island communities that are so mm-hmm. isolated... I mean, take take Easter Island, for instance. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, they cut down all the lumber and all the trees and everything. And even, um, you know, in the South Atlantic, St. Helena, mm-hmm. that used to have redwoods on it. Wow. Yeah, and they cut them all down to tan goat hides, the East India Trading Company, and basically destroyed the microclimate there. And now it's essentially a barren desert sort of thing. St. Helena has one of the most tragic, sad histories uh, I think I've ever read. I'll have to look into it. Yeah, I wish I knew the book that I read about it. I would would throw it out there. Um, But it's, it's like, take the most perfect little plush thing and with this crazy history there's a guy who was like stuck there for for years by himself i don't know um what was your uh sort of longest passage in the indian um, then? i think it was 13 days from um cocos killing to rodrigues oh okay mm-hmm. that's not too bad and it was that's like good a, two weeks i think like a 11 and then a 13 and then a few days here and there yeah. And then a, maybe an eight day from Reunion under Madagascar to Richards Bay, South Africa. Okay. And what, what type of boat were you guys on for that? We were on a Scepter 42, 43. I think it's Canadian built boat. Um, Monahal? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Personally, you know, I was just kind of crew member number three or four. So there was ignorance played on my part. And, um, banners who they really wanted <laughs> oh right so it's kind of like a package deal sort kind of thing of. <laughs> well but that's you know um there's a whole lot that i think that goes into a valuable person aboard yeah uh, a valuable crew member i mean it's not i i don't think it's all about skill at all i yeah. mean you can have the most skillful sailor on your boat but if if he or she is just a real yeah pill as my grandmother would say uh it's miserable and it can make the boat just absolutely miserable yeah absolutely too. yeah i don't know how people find crew find captains that's got to be an ordeal oh it's tough especially for an offshore passage because if you think about it yeah you're screwed you are yeah you're out there and mm-hmm. people people get sort of uh weird so to speak and winch handles are flying around smacking people in the head and the the overwhelming thought of and I you know I don't know if you get away with it in this day and age so much but back in the day and the even as early as the 80s you pull into port and be like yeah dude fell overboard halfway to Hawaii you could probably get away with it nowadays I don't yeah. know I feel like there's too much uh, absolutely evidence around mm-hmm. <laughs> so 
That's Keep that in mind <laughs> next time you and Ben are having a little scoff. <laughs> oh, man. So off to Bermuda and then down to the Caribbean and just trying to live the cruiser's lifestyle for a while. Yes. I mean, we were in um, Key West for five years. Mm-hmm. So, you know, once we purchased the boat, we spent six months on her in the yard and then sailed her down um, to Florida. And then we kind of created a little life down there and needed to, you know, work and do work, uh, boat projects. And so that somehow five years went by. Um, we did love it there, but it was kind of time to go. And yeah. So now we're actually, we're going to live the life that we've been set out to do. Very cool. Yeah, so, oh my gosh. And yeah. you obviously have like a little bit of a nest egg to be able to sort of get you started, but the plan is to do some work down in the Caribbean yeah, off and on. Yeah, we're not opposed to, well, I mean, we'll need to, but um, I think when you find work and, well, we don't know the culture down in the Caribbean in terms of, you know, the Western world kind of coming in and making work and whatnot. But um, yeah, I think you can be with the local people and like we were in Key West. We, you know, we loved it there. We had a community and I think that's kind of how we would like to travel is kind of merge ourselves for three months six months and then move on yeah i think i don't know i mean then there's always i'd love a little you know acre or two somewhere in the woods somewhere so i i hear you on that (laughs) well when you get to dominica Uh keep an eye out for that because that has a lot of beautiful wooded mountainous regions and the kind of the cool part about dominica one is that it's uh like if you like hiking and things like Mm -hmm. that it's epic yeah it's not, it's one of the sort of really secret gems in the Caribbean okay. because uh, it doesn't have the big sandy beaches and the super protected harbors and anything yeah. like that. It doesn't, I don't even know if it has any marinas per se. Um, I'm always anchored when I'm there. And if the North Swell rolls in, you're, you're rolling with yeah. it. Um, so it's kept development down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's relatively unspoiled. Um, cool. So definitely have to look out for that. But yeah, I, I, I think one of the cool things, the mountains are so big there and the water is super fresh. You can drink right out of the rivers. And, uh, but once you get up to a certain altitude, it's no longer like 80 degrees. It's like oh, yeah. 72 and you're sort of like, whoo. Yeah. The fun thing is we've barely looked into the, the Caribbean, Caribbean. You can say it both ways. Okay. Okay. Um, so we just don't know. And yeah. More about just kind of using our boat and kind of exploring and right right don't really have too many qualms about what we're gonna run into or not so it's kind of exciting well and with like the boat, Maine, we came here and absolutely loved it so. yeah 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 <laughs> well and I, you know i think something so i think it's very common in the in the sailing world these days people get a boat they have this idea and then they never leave and they never do it mm-hmm. because there is that anxiety and that feeling and yeah. i get it myself as well of what's it going to be like? Like if I sail from here down to Grenada, uh, it could be a lot of trials and tribulations trying Uh to get in there. I don't know what's going to happen, but the reality of it is you could sit there and try and plan every little last thing out, or you can just go for it and see what happens. I've always said that, you know, no matter what, you're going to rise to the occasion and it's going to be an experience. So you might as well just go for it. Yeah. Would you agree with that? Absolutely, yeah. Because you we actually were, we do were that. We were comfortable in, in Key West. I mean, you know, we were doing good, and yeah, we loved it there, but um, it, we just never thought of it as our forever spot. So, 
Oh, so you're still searching for that kind of? Yeah, eventually. And it might be New Zealand. We'll probably get there. Oh, really? We want to have like, you know, five years or so before we get there. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's way I don't want to get there too soon because it's like, oh, okay. I don't want to do the Indian Ocean again. (laughs) Yeah, right. Oh, geez. Well, you could always do the nice part with New Zealand from from the Caribbean. You just go through the Panama Canal. Well, yes. Or you rip down and go through the Straits of Magellan. Then you could go and see uh, Juan Fernandez Island. You could see that's where I think that's where Selkirk. There's been like that's where a lot of like the ah, uh, jeez, uh, my brain's not working. The castaways that end up on these islands for twenty years end up in these weird little communities. Pitcairn Island, where the mm-hmm. the mutiny of the bounty. Those Pitcane. guys. Pitcairn. <laughs> I really want to, one of my favorite, one of the islands I've always wanted to see is Henderson Island. Never so heard it's of it. part of the Pitcairn group. Okay. So there's Pitcairn, there's Ducey, and mm-hmm. there's Henderson Island. You just pick the most remote spots. Like, well, you know, it, Cocos Killing. part of it comes from just Nears. my reading. When I read these yeah. books, you know, Cocos and Christmas Island and stuff, uh, that really was, I want to say it was Joshua Slocum's book sailing alone around the world Mm -hmm. he gives a little brief history on some of that so that was pretty cool but uh the ones down in the pitcairn group romance of it don't you yeah oh my gosh (laughs) i love like picture picture this is my bunk raging sea out there just down there in my little buck the what what if you like you're out there in the ocean and you're reading about penobscot bay yeah, no, I would, yeah. and I'd probably be like, like "Whoa, oh, I gotta go to Penobscot <laughs> Bay," and then I'm here, and I'm working in a boatyard. But I, you know, that's that's the thing. I, yeah, if I could, uh, afford to be up here and just just sail, oh my gosh, uh, yeah. I totally would. But it's it's very difficult. I think I think I would be overwhelmed, especially this summer, if if the boat was in the water, and I was trying to work as well as go out on the weekends and sail and do all this other stuff. Cause like I'm this oh, yeah. summer has been yeah. like, I'm trying we barely, we to grind in a, like in a Marina in Key West and barely got out. Really? Yeah. yeah. Sometimes it just feels like, yeah, I barely, I didn't, I mean, I didn't have cabinets, cabinetry until like the months before we left. Yeah. 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 I didn't have doorknobs before, like the, the week before we left. And this is five years in. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Like Ben, you yeah. promised me doorknobs. But it's quite good that I, it didn't happen until like the fifth year because his woodworking developed. So well, <laughs> and, and it are, looks amazing. Yeah, I mean, so. it, it you know you look around this and this is all pretty much generic, but it's it's also specialized to West Sail, I guess. Most of these boats yeah. are full teak everywhere. Yeah. Um. Very. Well, that very was a part nice. of the fun, I think. Of of we had the resources and opportunities to kind of build the boat because it was quite bare and yeah, yeah. Um, utilitarian. So we had a fresh slate, a strong slate, which is what attracted us to it. One, but it, then everything takes so long. So Yeah, exactly. Well, because I, I think having seen uh, you guys work on the mast, obviously Ben takes, you know, his work ethic is really good, but he's he's meticulous. He's, he's not going to cut corners. No. I mean, I'm, I, as long as it's, it's going to work and be safe. Like I'm good. 
Yeah. I'll just throw I a little paint on it. Year, we can cut corners. I'm yeah. <laughs> I as long as it's safe and it works, that's that's my main concern. You know what it looks like. Yeah, if I got time, great. But I'm yeah. not going to be fussed about it. It. It just for me, it just doesn't. I I used to have this perfect example. I used to have these little Boston whales, like thirteen or fifteen footers, down in the Caribbean. It's awesome. They were rescue boats. So they have flare and color and stickers down the side, like BYC rescue one. And I'd go through and I'd spend all this time and I'd paint them all up, make them just nice. They look like Ferraris, like Lamborghinis on the water. They're great. And then you know I'd scratch it or or somebody'd have to use it for a rescue and and. It'd get all dinged up, and I'd be all like, disheartened. But then I would be happy again because I realized, okay, now I don't have to worry about it, and I don't yeah. have to clean it every day and yeah. all that sort of stuff. So I like a banged-up boat. You know, it's a character. Yeah. That's what I think. There we go. Um, I definitely want to wish you guys luck and, you know, good sailing and everything. And it's been awesome. Uh, I, I think I had mentioned being able to do this show on yesterday's show or the day before. Just in passing and i love how the sailing world is this community Mm -hmm. uh, of sort of like-minded but also eccentrics and crazies and all that sort of stuff but all with just this one little tinge of of a commonality between them and it's it's been awesome to meet you guys likewise it's very cool yeah it's funny how at home we feel in a boatyard too. Like, oh, this is like normal. Like, yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> Boatyards, marinas, anchorages put you in a cubicle in, you know, New York City high rise or put me in one of those. I would probably freak out. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. It's just not. I don't know. I, I don't think. I don't think I could actually handle it. How to not go to one eventually. That's <laughs> yeah, right. That's the question. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Start a podcast. Oh. Or no, weren't you talking terrible. about weren't you talking about doing a uh, a blog? Like a writing one? Uh yeah, that's just for, you know, my own sake, remembering. Well, you never know though. Mm-hmm. It's those things sometimes uh if you if you have a talent for writing, it can all of a sudden become uh, something pretty, pretty. I, I don't want to say lucrative because I think writing is pretty hard to be lucrative yeah. with. But I know a lot of people write little magazine articles and things like that. And you just you get your chops by doing this blog that you really are just doing yeah. for yourself. And then, you know, you can go from there. Because I'll tell you, I mean, I, you know, the podcast is, is very small, but it's. It's been a, a a game changer for sure, as far oh, as the yeah. potential of something, you know, my own and everything. So yeah, awesome. Well, thank you, Jade, for coming on. Uh, I do really appreciate it, and I wish you guys the best of luck. And uh, it's cool to have new friends. Yeah, definitely. 